0: I'm Brian Cathcart. I'm the author of a new book, The News from Waterloo, which tells the story of the race to tell Britain about the Duke of Wellington's great victory in 1815. The official news came in a dispatch from the Duke, describing his three-day campaign against Napoleon. This dispatch became a famous document. It was printed in full in every newspaper and was read aloud to cheering crowds in marketplaces and pubs all over the country. Here are the Duke's own words, written just hours after the battle ended. They are read by Hugh Grant. Waterloo, June the 19th, 1815. My Lord, Bonaparte, having collected the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 6th Corps of the French Army and the Imperial Guards, and nearly all the cavalry, between the 10th and 14th of the month, Advanced on the 15th and attacked the Prussian posts on the Sombre at daylight in the morning. I did not hear of these events till the evening of the 15th, and I immediately ordered the troops to prepare to march and afterwards to march to their left as soon as I had intelligence from other quarters to prove that the enemy's movement upon Charleroi was the real attack. The enemy drove the Prussian posts from the Sombre on that day, and Marshal Blucher concentrated the Prussian army upon saint The enemy continued his march along the road towards Brussels, and on the same evening, the 15th, attacked a brigade of the Army of the Netherlands under the Prince de Weimar, and forced it back to the farmhouse called Le Catre Bra. The Prince of Orange immediately reinforced this brigade with another of the same division, and in the morning, early, regained part of the ground which had been lost, so as to have the command of the communication with Marshal Blucher's position. In the meantime, I had directed the whole army to march upon Le catre Bras, and the 5th Division, under Lieutenant-General Picton, arrived at about half-past two in the day, followed by the corps of troops under the Duke of Brunswick, and afterwards by the contingent of Nassau. At this time, the enemy commenced an attack upon Prince Blucher with his whole force, excepting the 1st and 2nd Corps and a corps of cavalry under General Kellerman, with which he attacked our post at Le catre Bras. The Prussian army maintained their position with their usual gallantry and perseverance against a great disparity of numbers, and I was not able to assist them as I wished, as I was attacked myself, and the troops, the cavalry in particular, had not arrived. We maintained our position also, and completely defeated and repulsed all the enemy's attempts to get possession of it. The enemy repeatedly attacked us with a large body of infantry and cavalry supported by numerous and powerful artillery. He made several charges with his cavalry upon our infantry. But all were repulsed in the steadiest manner. In this affair, His Royal Highness the Prince of Orange, the Duke of Brunswick, and Lieutenant General Sir Thomas Picton, and Major General Sir James Kempt and Sir Dennis Pack highly distinguished themselves, as well as Lieutenant General Charles Baron Alton, Major General Sir C. Halkett, Lieutenant General Cook, and Major Generals Maitland and Bing. The troops of the 5th Division and those of the Brunswick Corps were long and severely engaged. "'and conducted themselves with the utmost gallantry. "'I must particularly mention the 28th, 42nd, 79th, and 92nd regiments "'and the Battalion of Hanoverians. "'Our loss was great, and I have particularly to regret "'His Serene Highness the Duke of Brunswick, "'who fell fighting gallantly at the head of his troops.' "'Although Marshal Blucher had maintained his position at Sombreff, he still found himself much weakened by the severity of the contest in which he had been engaged, and he determined to fall back and to concentrate his army upon Wavre, and he marched all the night after the action was over. This movement of the Marshals rendered necessary a corresponding one upon my part, and I retired from the farm of Cattrebras upon Genappe, and thence upon Waterloo the next morning, the 17th, at ten o'clock. The enemy made no effort to pursue Marshal Blucher, on the contrary, a patrol which I sent to Saint-Bref in the morning found all quiet, and the enemy's fordeats fell back as the patrol advanced. Neither did he attempt to molest our march to the rear, although made in the middle of the day, excepting by following with a large body of cavalry brought from his right, the cavalry under the Earl of Uxbridge. This gave Lord Uxbridge an opportunity of charging them with the first Life Guards upon their debouché from the village of Genappe, upon which occasion his lordship has declared himself to be well satisfied with that regiment. The position which I took up in front of Waterloo crossed the high roads from Charleroi and Nivelle and had its right thrown back to a ravine near Merc bren and its left extended to a height above tur In front of the right centre and near the Nivelle Road we occupied the house and garden of Hougamon and in front of the left centre we occupied the farm of La haye Sainte. By our left we communicated with Marshal Blucher at Wavre and the Marshal had promised me that in case we should be attacked, he would support me with one or more corps as might be necessary. The enemy collected his army on a range of heights in our front in the course of the night of the 17th and yesterday morning, and at about ten o'clock he commenced a furious attack upon our post at Hougoumont. I had occupied that post with a detachment from General Bing's brigade of guards, which was in position in its rear, and it was for a time under the command of Lieutenant Colonel MacDonnell. And afterwards of Colonel Hume. I am happy to add that it was maintained throughout the day with the utmost gallantry by these brave troops, notwithstanding the repeated efforts of large bodies of the enemy to obtain possession of it. This attack upon the right of our centre was accompanied by a very heavy cannonade upon our whole line, destined to support the repeated attacks of cavalry and infantry which were made upon it. In one of these, the enemy carried the farmhouses of La Haye Sainte as the detachment of the light battalion which occupied it had expended all its ammunition. The enemy repeatedly charged our infantry with his cavalry, but these attacks were uniformly unsuccessful, and they afforded opportunities to our cavalry to charge, in one of which Lord Edward Somerset's brigade highly distinguished themselves, as did that of Major General Sir William Ponsonby having taken many prisoners and an eagle. These attacks were repeated till about seven in the evening, when the enemy made a desperate effort with cavalry and infantry supported by the fire of artillery, to force our left centre near the farm of La haye Sainte, which after a severe contest was defeated. And having observed that the troops retired from this attack in great confusion, and as Marshal Blucher had joined in person with a corps of his army to the left of our line, I determined to attack the enemy, and immediately advanced the whole line of infantry supported by the cavalry and artillery. The attack succeeded in every point. The enemy was forced from his positions on the heights, and fled in the utmost confusion, leaving behind him, as far as I could judge, 150 pieces of cannon with their ammunition. I continued the pursuit till long after dark, and then discontinued it only on account of the fatigue of our troops, who had been engaged during twelve hours, and because I found myself on the same road with Marshal Blücher, who assured me of his intention to follow the enemy throughout the night. He has sent me word this morning that he had taken sixty pieces of cannon belonging to the Imperial Guard, and several carriages, baggage, etc., belonging to Bonaparte. I propose to move this morning upon Nivelle, and not to discontinue my operations. Your Lordship will observe that such desperate action could not be fought, and such advantages could not be gained without great loss, and I am sorry to add that ours has been immense. In Lieutenant-General Sir Thomas Picton, His Majesty has sustained the loss of an officer who has frequently distinguished himself in his service, and he fell gloriously, leading his division to a charge with bayonets, by which one of the most serious attacks made by the enemy on our position was defeated. The Earl of Uxbridge, after having successfully got through this arduous day, received a wound by almost the last shot fired, which will, I am afraid, deprive His Majesty for some time of his services. "'His Royal Highness the Prince of Orange "'distinguished himself by his gallantry and conduct "'till he received a wound from a musket-ball through the shoulder "'which obliged him to quit the field. "'It gives me the greatest satisfaction "'to assure your lordship that the army "'never upon any occasion conducted itself better. "'The divisions of guards under Lieutenant-General Cook, "'who is severely wounded, "'Major-General Maitland and Major-General Bing "'set an example which was followed by all.' and there is no officer nor description of troops that did not behave well. I must, however, particularly mention, for His Royal Highness's approbation, Lieutenant General Sir H. Clinton, Major General Adam, Lieutenant General Charles Baron Alton, severely wounded, Major General Sir Colin Halkett, severely wounded, Colonel Omtidar, Colonel Mitchell, commanding a brigade of the 4th Division, Major General Sir James Kempt and Sir Dennis Pack, Major General Lambert, Major General Lord E. Somerset, Major General Sir W. Ponsonby, Major General Sir C. Grant, and Major General Sir H. Vivian, Major General Sir O. Vandela, and Major General Count Durnberg. I am also particularly indebted to General Lord Hill for his assistance and conduct upon this, as upon all former occasions. The engineer and artillery departments were conducted much to my satisfaction by Colonel Sir G. Wood and Colonel Smith, and I had every reason to be satisfied with the conduct of the Adjutant General, Major General Barnes, who was wounded, and of the Quartermaster General, Colonel Delancey, who was killed by a cannon-shot in the middle of the action. This officer is a serious loss to His Majesty's service, and to me at this moment. I was likewise much indebted to the assistance of Lieutenant-Colonel Lord Fitzroy Somerset, who was severely wounded, and of the officers composing my personal staff who have suffered severely in this action. Lieutenant-Colonel the Honourable Sir Alexander Gordon, who has died of his wounds, was a most promising officer and is a serious loss to His Majesty's service. General Creuser of the Nassau service likewise conducted himself much to my satisfaction, as did General Tripp, commanding the heavy brigade of cavalry, and General Van Hope, commanding a brigade of infantry in the service of the King of the Netherlands. General Pozzo de Borgo, General Baron Vincent, General Mufling, And General Alava were in the field during the action and rendered me every assistance in their power. Baron Vincent is wounded, but I hope not severely, and General Pozzo de Borgo received a contusion. I should not do justice to my own feelings or to Marshal Blucher and the Prussian army if I did not attribute the successful result of this arduous day to the cordial and timely assistance I received from them. The operation of General Bulow upon the enemy's flank was a most decisive one and even if I had not found myself in a situation to make the attack which produced the final result, it would have forced the enemy to retire if his attacks should have failed, and would have prevented him from taking advantage of them if they should unfortunately have succeeded. I send with this dispatch two eagles taken by the troops in this action, which Major Percy will have the honour of laying at the feet of His Royal Highness. I beg leave to recommend him to your Lordship's protection. I have the honour to be your Lordship's most obedient, humble servant, Wellington. P.S. Since writing the above I have received a report that Major General Sir William Ponsonby is killed, and in announcing this intelligence to your Lordship I have to add the expression of my grief for the fate of an officer who had already rendered very brilliant and important services and was an ornament to his profession. That was Hugh Grant reading the Duke of Wellington's Waterloo Dispatch from 1815. The extraordinary true story of how the news of the victory reached Britain is recounted in my new book, The News from Waterloo, available now from all good bookshops.